For Agility's Sake. Welcome to For Agility's Sake, where we tell the story of Amway's agile journey with the goal of sharing the lessons and experiences of the practitioners, leaders, and everyone involved in our transformation at Amway. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Kyle Spitzley, and with me today is Samira Moynpour. How are you doing, Samira? I'm great, Kyle. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for our audience, Samira is the Senior Director of Strategy Solutions at Workboard. We recently met uh, through a Workboard Summit to talk about OKRs, objectives, and key results. So today, I've asked Samira to join me on the show, uh, bringing her experience with OKRs and working with many large clients. I'll let her share with you who they are. Um, but we have embarked on a journey at Amway on our Agile transformation. And one of the ways for us to tie strategy to execution and continue improve our results is through using objectives and key results. So with that, Samira, if you wouldn't mind, give us a quick overview of who you are, and then we'll dive right into the questions about OKRs. Great. Thanks, Kyle. I have the great pleasure of working with organizations, both large and small. I get to work closely with Microsoft, Cisco, Juniper, Workday, and helping them transform their growth rate and growth curve and using the OKR methodology and shifting to an outcome mindset, as well as super high growth, super fast growth organizations like Malwarebytes, Zendesk, and Zora, and helping them use OKRs and transition to an outcome mindset so everyone is aligned on the best possible results they want to achieve in their org. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to be here with you and ready to learn from you. So, you know, for our audience who is unfamiliar with uh, objectives and key results, which we're going to use the term OKR, it's, it's just easier. <laughs> for that, those who don't know what that is, can you give us kind of a 60 second rundown of what is what is OKR mean? Sure. So OKRs are a technique that help companies like the ones I mentioned define, align and drive great results at market speed. The OKR part is a syntax, right? So the O stands for the objective. What are we trying to achieve? Why does it matter? The KRs are the key results. Those are the outcomes that tell us how we're successful in the given time period. Now, there are many different uh, methods to OKRs and there are many different practices. The ones that we'll talk about today are based off of the outcome mindset method which is the method that the organizations I mentioned earlier, along with many others, use to drive excellent results in their org. The outcome mindset method particularly really anchors on unlocking ambition within an organization, accelerating results, creating inherent ownership and accountability and elevating thinking for every single person in your organization. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I feel like, you know, I've only been working on OKRs, only heard of the term probably nine months ago, and I've just been learning so much in that time. And we started on uh, my team just as an exercise to say, what are our OKRs? And, you know, when I hear you say that this kind of brings ownership and accountability, I absolutely felt that. And while it was a little messy our first time going through it, um, but when we got done and we had a set of objectives with key results, I told the team, I said, I have never felt more ownership and accountability for the objectives in the organization than I have than I do right now. 
And it's because usually somebody says like, here's your objective. This is what you're after. And they don't even give me a target. It's, it's usually uh, somebody else telling me what we're doing. And in this case, we work together as a team to say, these are the most important things for us to go after. And here's how we think we'll measure it. And that made it real. It became concrete for us when we did that. And I really loved it. So I think there's a lot of power in the OKR framework and the outcome mindset, as you said. Um, Amway, you know, I'll just kind of give you the background on how Amway has operated historically and how we still operate. We are on a journey of kind of moving into this outcome mindset and, and starting to talk more about what is it we're after? Why are we doing this thing? And less about what feature am I building or what product am I shipping, uh, which has been defined as success in most cases it was like, well, we delivered the project and we did it on time and we did it on budget, but it didn't actually get the results we wanted. So can we call that success? I don't think so. Uh, so that's what we're trying to get a, a away from is to move away from that output mindset, move towards the outcome mindset. Uh, so for us, the model, the way it works at Amway is we've got, you know, enterprise priorities for this large organization. We've got somewhere around 15,000 employees around the globe with a million Amway business owners who buy and sell our products. And I don't even know how many customers that just buy the products. But what we're trying to, to do is to increase certain business lines. We're trying to grow a customer base. And we have targets around those things at the enterprise level, which is global. And then we have all the different markets, each has their own independent operation with specific targets for themselves, for those customers and business lines. And so that is the enterprise. We say, here's what the whole picture is. And then each market says like, all right, this is my piece of the pie that I have to contribute. Yep. Um, where it, it gets really challenging for us is as a corporate office in the center, as a technology group, we serve all of those different markets kind of horizontally. So when I look up my leadership ladder and I say, all right, what are my objectives from my leadership? There's not much there for me. There's like this huge gap in the middle because our job is to support those uh, horizontally, support those markets and deliver those things. So how can OKRs help us with this situation uh, or this scenario that we're in? This is awesome. First of all, it's great that your team has already begun the OKR journey. The best place and the way to start is to start, right? And I love that you shared the anecdote about your team and the authorship you felt after describing and defining your OKRs, because really authorship equals ownership, right? And if we never get the chance to author and co-author and have the conversation on what great looks like, we'll never know, mm -hmm. right? We, it's, it's all in our heads and we may or may not be aligned on that today. And I'll go with saying most teams... Um, are not aligned until they have the explicit conversation. Hmm. Now, the global local process you've defined um, is a great starting point and a great way to bridge the gap on kind of moving forward with OKRs in the organization, right? So today you mentioned you have the global priorities for all of Amway. Each of the markets have their own local kind of priorities. Maybe they're not doing OKRs. And then you have your technology org in the center that supports those markets, right? Every organization has their own complexity, right? And their own nuance. A couple of things to drive from there, right? Which is the OKR should provide a common language for everyone across the org. Whether you are an engineer, whether you're in finance, marketing, sales, you should have this common language, common syntax to align. Now you're probably thinking, well, Samira, right now, you know, we don't set OKRs at the global level. We don't set OKRs today at the Amway level. We don't set them today at the leadership team levels for those markets. 
we're setting them today in our organization, how do we bridge that gap? And we're not just aligning vertically in our org, how do we align more laterally in the organization? So what I would say to that is, you know, perfect future state is that every team and team start at the top, sets their own objectives and key results, then those get localized to the various markets and functions within them. But today, start with setting your own teams and your own organization's objectives and key results and look across, to your point, laterally to the markets you support and the markets you work closely with and say, okay, if this is what we're driving towards, how do we make sure we're aligned to the priorities that each of those respective markets are trying to achieve and quantifying and aligning success that way. It doesn't need to be just top down. It can be horizontal as well. Well, that's really, I mean, it's encouraging to hear that, you know, I don't have all the answers and can't yet see how that, uh, that would work. You know, when I think about the way that we're, we're dealing with this problem, how do I do that when I have a dozen markets that I'm trying to support and they each have, you know, their, their variety of objectives as a support function, how do I measure our contribution to those bigger goals when it's so dispersed? Any advice there? Yeah, uh, always get the question of, Samira, what do we do if we're a support function? We, mm-hmm. we support, right? And the first question is, if you can't measure something and we can't declare victory and we can't quantify success, why are we doing it in the first place? Mm-hmm. So start there. You can probably measure everything, even if you're a support function or not. The second is, okay, if we support 17 markets or, you know, X markets, how do we at the right level and at the right team level identify what are the three to five objectives for our team and the four to six key results for each of those objectives, which indicate our priority and what we're going to go focus on for the next 90 days or for the next half year, for the next trimester, whatever that cycle might be. Typically we see a 90 day horizon where the objective can be longstanding. The key results are bound to the quarter, but start with putting it all out there. And then you might find like, wow, we have a lot of objectives and key results. Maybe we're not structured the right way. Maybe we need to shift the way we team. Maybe we should set cross org objectives and key results with each of those markets and functions. There are a bunch of things that can come out of it. One of the core tenants of, or one of the core parts of the OKR cycle is that you learn, right? Mm. So if you think about the cycle as first we align and get clarity on what matters most, then you really need to focus and measure and execute on those results. And then you learn, you look back and learn and you might learn, wow, we set the wrong objectives. We set the wrong key results, but we had the right focus. Or you might learn, we set the right objectives, the right key results, but we didn't focus enough. We spent too much time firefighting, but you're going to learn a tremendous amount every single quarter. And that learning, because it's four times a year, if you're doing a quarter provides fast iteration and fast cycles to take what you just learned and apply it going into the following quarter. Mm. So it's so, never rigid, right? It's it's never, you don't need to have it be perfect on first go. Mm, that's good it's to hear because my first question was like, how do I get started? This feels like a humongous effort to try and, you know, corral all these groups and get them aligned to objectives. 
uh, it feels like part of it is the top down. Like there are some objectives we're all going after, but the other part of that is bottoms up, which is here's how I'm interpreting that. This is what I think, you know, success is in that case. Yeah. And I guess it assumes for, for us support functions that serve a number of different markets is that there is some commonality of need in those markets. They're not all a unique yeah. snowflake, right? Um, they all, they all have to achieve those enterprise targets, which are common goals. And yeah. so if we trace those things through the markets back to the support functions, we can find ways that we're enabling those things for the, the market to be able to deliver on their, their objectives. Absolutely. And one thing you said was it's not top down. It's not bottom up for us. We don't like to use the language and we recommend not using the language cascade or top down or just bottoms up. Some things you'll read on the internet about OKRs is they must be bottoms up. Well, you know, strategy follows gravity in your organization. You do have strategic priorities and there is a global direction, right? So anchor on where we're going in that global level might be the company level. It might be the market level. It might be your engineering leadership team level, wherever you're starting. Yep. And then teams within the organization. And I use teams as a broad term, right? It could be functional teams, managers plus directs or dynamic teams, pod squads, agile teams, groups of people coming together to localize what that global intent is. And then you coalesce that back up. So it's not just top down, it's not just bottoms up, it's fluid, but you're using the alignment period of the uh, quarterly OKR cycle. So let's say that alignment period is the first few weeks of the quarter. You're using that time to both set and tie off and align on what should the objectives and key results be for the next 90 days. And that shorter time horizon also really drives you know, immense focus. So what's gonna be true and what would be awesome in the next 87 days remaining in the quarter? <laughs> That's a different question than what's going to be true in the next 362 days. Yeah, know? which is usually usually how we've operated is on this annual cycle. And the learning is so late, you know, that it's hard to make act take action out of it. This is as I'm as you're describing this and the way teams work, it's it's making me think of our agile workflow model and how we are structured today. Uh, we have four different layers to our agile workflow model, and and most of the folks that are listening from Amway will get a sense of this. That we have an investment layer, which is where do we want to invest money, what's the right mix, you know, what are the right market opportunities, and then we have a portfolio layer, which, in terms of agile language, we'd say this is where you have your epics and your epic roadmap. Like, what are the big epics we're going after in the next quarter? or the next release. And then that breaks down into the products, like the, the product teams. And they're talking about the features. What are the features that we're going to ship that will get those epic outcomes and the business value that we're after? And ultimately at the de de development layer, we call it the delivery layer. This is where you're building the thing, right? You're writing the code, you're running the test, and you're creating the features that enable those epics, which enable those investments to return the investment we made. And that that alignment, we're we're just getting started on this journey of having that kind of traceability between story to feature to epic to investment or initiative. And that I mean, it, it just I see the power in it. Um, that feels like a lot to keep in line. Um, any advice? So a couple things. One is you can see it as a lot, but think about it in a different lens. Every person on those teams comes to work every day wanting to know how they make an impact. Most of us, I'll, I'll go on a, on a limb and say, most of us wake up every morning wanting to be successful yeah. and wanting to make an impact yeah. on our work. Every person is part of a team or maybe multiple teams 
And teams are really the engines of value creation in the org right now, right? And those teams can be agile, those product teams or functional teams, but every team should have clarity on what success looks like and should be able to understand and articulate the impact they make in the organization. So I'll start with that in mind, which is, you know, however many people you have in the organization, however many teams you have, every team is deserving to know how they make an impact. Every team wants to know how they make an impact. Yeah. So start with that intent in mind, then look at it and say, okay, great. If everyone wants to come to work to make an impact and everyone wants to be successful, we should provide this common language and the framework to allow them to do that. And it should combine both the outcomes and the work that they're doing day to day. And so what we typically see is a starting point for many organizations we work with, they are going through or they have undergone an agile transformation where you have a very strong um, you know, cadence and cycle and rhythm around kind of you describe this investment level and then the portfolio level and then the product teams. And I suspect there is a regular cadence of meeting within those product teams. And then you define the epics and the sprints and the stories. Yep. And often what goes into the sprints and the stories is the work that needs to get done day to day. But what's still missing in many cases, and I don't want to speak for your teams, but what's still missing is what's the value of that work? What are the outcomes we're driving towards? And so OKRs complement Agile in, in so many ways, right? Where those teams can now articulate the intent and the outcomes. You know, they set that at the beginning of the quarter. And then throughout the course of the quarter and in the uh, existing cadence you have, the sprint work, the epic work, the stories that are defined should align to those outcomes you're looking to drive. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what you're working on day to day. That seems amazing. And to me, I think of like radical alignment, you know, from the strategy to the execution of the day to day stuff. And I would love to know these stories I'm working on. How are they contributing to those those upper objectives that we have? Uh, that would be that would be very nice to come to work and know those things and, and feel that sense of contribution. Because to your point, we all do want to feel like we're having an impact. And if if no one is if no one is able to see that, it's kind of demoralizing, right? It, you kind of get in that, yeah. why, why am I doing this? I don't know how this is making a difference or is this the right thing to spend my time on? Uh, those kind of questions. So I have a little sidebar on okay. something you mentioned. You mentioned teams are the engine of value creation. And I absolutely love that quote. It's uh, it's one of my favorite quotes from the, the work board OKR coach certification course, which the sidebar is I recently went through this uh, this course and got certified as an OKR coach with Workboard. I highly recommend it. It was very valuable. It helped get me a sense of what what is this? Why does it matter? What's the anatomy of an objective and a key result? And how do you make these cycles happen? It was really helpful for me to see. Um, so I'd encourage anybody, I'll put a link in the show notes to make sure there's a link to Workboard's page out there. Um, but it was really awesome because our mission as an agile transformation office is to We've got a vision of of Amway being able to deliver verifiable value quickly and frequently. And that I think lends itself well to the outcome mindset and to be able to show key results of, are we delivering that value? And then the second part of that is we honor the agile practitioners and teams because we know they are the engine of value creation. Without them, there is no value being created. And so it really fit very well with what we've talked about as our vision and mission for for the Agile Transformation Office. Um, Anyway, so end sidebar, back to our conversation. (laughs) Um, The thought I'm having now is 
we're a really large organization with many layers and lots of markets. And, you know, one of the things I've seen over the years is there's a lot of effort just to do a quarterly business review. Um, we've recently shifted to a, to a trimester review. Either way, there's a lot of work to yep. gather the data and say, here's what we did and here's what impact it had and here's what we need for next quarter, next trimester in terms of funding or resources. Um, and people spend months pulling that stuff together. Like it's an administrative burden. Does that go away? Or is this in addition to that, you know, as we're tracking these key results, does this, how do those things play together? Yeah. Excellent question. So the first kind of thing I'll bring us back to is one of the core principles of OKRs, especially in the outcome mindset method is transparency. Mm -hmm. You do quote unquote, do OKRs, and I'm using air quotes here, and you guys can't see me because it's a podcast, so, but if you're doing OKRs and you're still doing everything else you were doing before and no one can see them, you're not really getting any of the benefits of the OKRs. No one needs another acronym. No one needs mm -hmm. another process. We're doing this to drive better results within our organization. And one of the ways you need to do that, especially in kind of today's world and environment and the rate at which it moves is, People need to be able to see what they are and not only see what their own team's objectives and key results are, they need to be able to see what their peer team's objectives and key results are up, down, and across the org. There's a fantastic um, quote that I'm borrowing from the CEO of Zora, and he shared that you know when team members can see each other's OKRs, every team can actually play with their cards face up. Mm. And when you're playing with your cards face up, you can make better decisions more quickly. And that's really what many organizations need today. So I say that because transparency is a key tenant of setting and achieving your results. Now, of course, uh, our organizations and, and our organization itself and the customers we work with use Workboard and Workboard can provide that transparency to every single team in the organization. Everyone knows how they connect and align across the org and knows what the objectives and key results are. Now, seeing them and having the transparency is step one after actually getting clarity on what they are. Hmm. Now, the second part is to your question about the uh, quarterly business reviews. If we see them, but we never talk about them or we add an additional meeting to review them, we're also you know, not getting the full benefit. Your OKRs that you set with your team should be fully embedded in your operating rhythm. So when, if you have a weekly staff meeting, if you have a standup, if you have a product ops review or whatever it might be, OKR should be part of the agenda, on the agenda, driving the agenda. And it's not a review of all the objectives and key results. We're gonna look at, and we're gonna use data to look at what's zero and what's amber and red. And of course with Workboard that surfaces right for you, surfaces up right for you and for every team. And then when we get to the business reviews on a quarterly or monthly level, Today, like you mentioned, people spend an extraordinary amount of time preparing. Mm -hmm. And in some organizations we work with, they have a monthly review and they spend three weeks out of the four weeks of the month preparing for the, oh the one gosh. review, which is crazy. That's somebody's job. Some multiple <laughs> people's job, unfortunately, yeah. right? It's yeah. wild. And no one wants that to be their job. Let's be honest. They want to spend the time actually moving the results forward, not gathering data on where are we on these results and transforming or transposing slides from one PowerPoint deck to the next, to the next, to the next, <laughs> and formatting six point or uh, slides to fit six point font. Like no one wants that. Yeah. That's 
painful, right? And so in Workboard, you can actually automate your monthly operating reviews or quarterly business reviews with a dashboard that surfaces what we should discuss. You can tune and tailor it for every audience and make those quarterly business reviews anchored on the results, mm. right? And anchored on what's in the way. Yeah, I really like the the phrase you used uh, to fully embed the OKRs into your operational rhythm. I imagine they'll replace some of the things we're doing already yeah. because we're already tracking results and tracking the the KPIs and measures that we've set out as part of our strategy. So somebody's already doing all that work. One of the other things that that reminded me of from the the training I went through was that we want to shift from like a quarterly meeting or a trimester review of showing up to be informed and showing up informed. Yep. And that really stuck with me because I feel there will be so much more really valuable conversation and decisions being made because we showed up informed, which just isn't possible with the right now, the way that we're tracking things, the amount of effort that goes into tracking them, you don't have it until you get there. And so it's uh, something where we show up to be informed and then we spend more time getting information kind of dumped on us and less time talking about are these the right focus areas? How can we shift our actions to be more effective and get better results? Um, so I feel like that would be a fantastic shift in the types of conversations we would have um, if we were showing up informed. Absolutely. Dramatic shifts in conversation, actually. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're spending less time in meetings, finding out where are we on that? How are we doing? Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. And I'm sure everyone's calendar when we shifted to uh, work from home exploded, right? Yep. There's so many more meetings because we're not in the office anymore. We can't look to our left and our right to find out what's going on. Yep. So the need for a uh, digital platform and to have the transparency becomes even more critical in the organization. And the other thing to just think about is if you have a process in 2021 or even in 2020, and it's not digital, it's not really a process either, right? You're just adding more work. Hmm. You need to actually make it easier for people to focus on the results. Yeah. Right. Which is shifting how we work day to day. And I love the point you made, which is we're already doing this. We're doing it manually. Right. Mm -hmm. So how do we make it easier and have it anchored on the outcomes and not just, you know, the agenda du jour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is, this is fantastic. Um, I want to shift and ask a question about getting started. So when I did this with my team, it took us a lot longer than I wanted it to, but it was our first time. So let's, we'll have a little grace, like give ourselves yeah. a pass. We're learning um, that I've, I've heard of a term it's from a, a developer or a technical craftsmanship coach. She said, it's the principle of zero to one is the hardest increment to make, right? When you've never done it to the first time you do it, it's the hardest time you'll ever do it. And I, I always remember that when I'm learning something new, it's going to be slow and hard the first time, but we'll get better. So when we look at this as a, from our, our group's perspective, we've got a couple of sets of OKRs and we've, we've been, I've been socializing them with some of our stakeholders. And I'm curious as I've socialized them with our stakeholders, it's, it's been, they've contributed, which has been good, but it's, again, it just seems to be taking a long time to get people to come to an agreement on these are the most important things and this is how we should measure them and what the successful measure would look like you know what's our target a key result um, how do i get us out of that cycle or like if it, it just feels like we're stuck what yeah. do i do so uh don't let perfection get in the way of progress hmm. and my advice for everything um because it'll never be perfect 
because you're always going to learn. What I want it to be. It's, <laughs> it's not going to be carved in stone in 90 days or less. You're going to have the opportunity to refresh. True. True. Yeah. Right. So I think that's, that's always a good thing to just remind yourself kind of every day. The second thing I'll say is use a coach. So we have a team of coaches at Workboard. Of course, you attended the OKR coach certification. Two elements there, right? Using an external coach helps drive the conversation forward faster. The manager can be the manager in the room, can be a participant, right? The external coach can help, uh, you know, pull the team along and, and move forward and uh, remind the team to not let perfection be the enemy of progress mm -hmm. and that in it. 87 days from now, we can refresh these if they're not right, but we just need to start, right? Mm -hmm. And just begin and beginning is helpful. And the other thing I'll say is identify kind of as you're starting, identify who potential change agents are within your organization, certify them and uh, anchor them as coaches as well so that they're um, deepening the expertise you have in your own org. What I recommend is if you haven't started yet in your organization, you're wondering where to start or which team to start with, start with who has appetite, right? So if there's a leader in your org who's excited about this, start there. If you have your leadership team that's excited about this, start with them and go kind of three layers deep in the organization, then pick two prongs to go all the way down to the front line with so that you're really experiencing depth and you're getting the fullest value you can on wave one. But start okay. where you are and don't let perfection be the enemy of progress. Oh, that's great advice. I really like that. Um, it's helping me realize that, you know, we've, we've just been talking about how do we bring OKRs to more of our portfolios. Um, so your advice on kind of go with two prongs all the way down and then do it at the upper level for the other groups. It's fantastic. It kind of affirms what I'm thinking and what's feasible for the first time around. Yep. Um, and then the other thing that's kind of an epiphany or aha moment for me is you're describing as a, an external coach helping have this conversation. I have forgotten that I am too close to the problems we're trying to solve on my yeah. own team. And so it's really hard for me to be a coach with these problems that I'm close to. And yeah. I feel like it would be easier if I went to a team where I had no expertise and no knowledge of what they're trying to do. Oh. I'd have a better time coaching them than coaching my own team or myself. Yeah. We always say it's harder to coach the team if you have a horse in the race. Like it just is. Yeah, harder, exactly. Right? And that's how it's felt. So yeah, that's a re that's really good advice. So I thanks for sharing. One other thing to add in where to start and how to think about starting is think of it as having multiple levers and the let's say two levers. There's the alignment lever and then there's the transparency lever. When we think about aligning, it's how deep in the organization do we want to go? What are we trying to get out of that? Right. And I mentioned the three layers kind of starting from the top leadership level minus three and then deep in two prongs of the org, but then provide transparency to everyone else because if you you'll end up finding early adopters which is great. You'll need more change agents and champions. And when you provide the transparency early, it enables people to make the right decision faster, right? It's not in setting OKRs doesn't become this exclusive event, right? People can still see what the OKRs are and begin to self-organize and tap into the, um, the best practices you're already setting across the org. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I like the way you broke that down between the two levers of alignment and transparency. I immediately started thinking about the portfolios and I'm like, which of those need radical transparency and which need radical alignment? Yeah. And eventually a, both. They both, they, they both need right, both. Or they all right. need both. My, my last question is I've heard the term in terms of alignment, there's kind of explicit alignment 
And then there's directional alignment. I heard kind of the differentiation mm. of those two things where right. one, which is explicit is more of that is probably the term you don't like, which is cascading. Like your, your objective and key result must be explicitly tied to this one. And then there's the directional, which is, it might not be completely related, but enables or drives and supports some of that. So what are your thoughts on the, the difference between those and what have you seen work well? So what I've seen work well is start by aligning an intention. So there's a, like I mentioned, kind of at the beginning of this uh, conversation, there are a lot of different practices of OKRs, some of which say one person's key results become another person's objective. I am firmly against that. Never have seen that work in practice. Mm -hmm. It does not work. The O is the heart and the soul. The key result is the wallet. Um, it's hard for one person's wallet to become another person's heart and soul. <laughs> I say that because you should start by aligning objective to objective, right? What's our aligned intention? So if we have an intent to drive growth as a company, what does that mean? What's the local language and the local nouns and verbs that get the engineering team excited around driving growth or this local market around driving growth or the legal team or the finance team or whoever it might be. Start by aligning there, then align the key results where it makes sense. And that's where the kind of uh, tighter alignment might come into play. Mm, okay. Key results are numbers, right? It can be math. And so a simple example I like to use of that, just at the global level, we might have a key result around $100 in revenue. Using yep. simple math purposes. Yep, yep. At the market level, we have one market's driving $50 in revenue, the next market's driving another 50, and those sum at the top, right? So if yep. the numbers don't sum, then we're misaligned as well, right? But start with aligning an intent and then go to the numbers uh, where necessary. And that's going to get stronger and tighter as quarters go on. Mm hmm. Yeah, that and I feel like that helps clarify for me the the way we would break these things down. So it's ob objectives to objectives is kind of at the heart of what you said. And to yep. me, that makes sense because what are you going after at the top level or the next level? And then what are we going after at our level that's going to support that or enable that directionally with the yep. intent that we're after, right? Uh, so that's really helpful. Yeah. And then the key results being the math, that part, sometimes it's explicitly tied and close to it. So that's helpful. So that's all I've got for my questions that are on my, my notepad here. Uh, is there anything that I didn't ask that I should have? I think we covered everything. I think the only thing that I will say is that OKR shouldn't be another thing that the company does, right? It's really shifting the way we drive results in the org, get clarity, align up, down, and across you're doing a lot of this work already. And I say you by every listener mm -hmm. on the phone, right? And it's just an evolution to allow for how we're working in 2021 and beyond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, when you think of your experience with different companies, what are the typical operational things that you'd be kind of blending and replacing with OKRs? So quarterly business reviews is a great example, right? Yep. Or an annual planning cycle. Yep. Um, what else? Are there other things that are common that you see kind of OKRs landing square in that spot and, and contributing to or replacing a practice? It, think about everything you do today. And I'm saying that kind of broadly because that depends on the team and it depends on the level of the organization. And ask the question, should my OKRs be incorporated into this? And ultimately, if your OKRs do describe the most important outcomes you want to drive in the quarter, they should. So... In some cases today, 
at the leadership team level, like, you know, within an organization, there might be multiple flavors of strategy planning or annual planning or strategic priorities or whatever you want to name them. You might find that you'll simplify those and you'll just have the three to five objectives and the four to six key results, right? For the team. You don't need the uh, multi layers of, you know, language and numbers and the KPI dashboard and this, that, and the other becomes simplified. And then as you go through every team, it's thinking through, okay, we have a staff meeting every week. What do we talk about today? Okay, okay, OKR should be on the agenda. We have a all hands. We should be talking about our OKRs. We have a monthly ops review. Let's talk about the results we want to drive, right? And just removing the the acronym as much as possible helps with that as well. Just talk about them as the results you're looking to move forward and uh, accomplish as an organization. Oh, that's really, really wise. I think the more we can get away from confusing people with new terms, new acronyms, uh, and just keep it focused on what we're trying to talk about. That's helpful. Well, this has been wonderful, Samira. Thank you so much. I was really honored to have you here. I appreciate all the input and the insight you've created. I've had a number of aha moments myself just in this conversation, and I'm sure the audience did as well. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, we appreciate you at Workboard and the things you're doing to help continue to advance the discipline of, of getting better results. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and share it with others. To learn more about Amway's Agile journey, follow the hashtag AmwayAgile on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And if you're an employee, do that and search Amway Agile forward slash in your browser.